Howdy, howdy. Konnichiwa. And welcome to... But it was aliens. Ah. The extraterrestrial comedy podcast where we probe around the globe, uncovering real-life stories of alien incidents and deciding for all humanity whether these events really did involve aliens. I'm Kev, your host this week, and alongside me, as always... We have Granville Moonwalker. If you just bow to me, no one's going to hear that. I will never bow to you. You literally just bowed to me. Don't give me that bullshit. Don't listen to him. He lies. He's bowing to me again. He is so honest and trustworthy right now. Did you or did you not bow to me? I did not bow to you. Now who's honest and trustworthy, son? Me. (laughs) Kofu is the capital city of the Yamanashi Prefecture in <laughs> Japan. <laughs> I would just like to take a second to apologise because there are going to be a lot of poor pronunciations today. I'm so glad this is your probe. <laughs> today, it has a population of near 190,000. We are heading back to 1975 in this case though, when the population was closer to... 190,000. Kofu is surrounded by mountains such as Mount Fuji. Nice. Such a huge, well not huge, but a legendary mountain, isn't it? Mount Fuji. It's the way it overlooks. It's almost like a Zelda landscape. Mm -hmm. Just the way you've got Death Mountain in the background of a town. Just there. Yeah. Watching. Always watching Wagowski. Always watching. Imagine someone lives on the top of that mountain. They might. I've never been up there. I mean, they would truly be always watching. As I said, we are rolling back the clock to 1975. In this one, I am bringing you not one, but two A-grade witnesses. Not grade A, then. Shortly before 7pm on the evening of February the 23rd, two seven-year-old schoolboys by the names of Masato Kawano and Katsuhiro Yamahata were roller skating near what is known as the Hinode Housing Estate in Kamimachi Kofu, (laughs) Yamanashi, Japan. So, have you said their names in traditional Japanese style, or have you said them in the English? Well, I've written them in the English, for I cannot read Japanese. I mean, in terms of surname being said first? No. I've read them in English in that respect. I mean, it's showing disrespect, really, isn't it? Well, I'm not. I respect both of these people. Well, so do I. They roller skate. (laughs) Part of my tribe. Indeed. Grade A witnesses, as I said. I mean... You can trust a seven-year-old as well. Absolutely. Children don't lie. Masato and Katsuhiro were bombing around the estate with joy when, unexpectedly, something caught their eye. The two little boys just happened to look up slightly as they dashed down the street and there, above them, were a pair of glittering orange objects darting about in the sky. The boys were mesmerised 
and froze for a moment, simply watching the crafts in awe. The larger of the two objects then flew off towards Mount Atago, away from little Masato and Katsuhiro, who today would have been 53 by the way, if they'd had their birthdays yet. The smaller of the two craft, however, did not follow and instead began lowering, slowly descending towards the ground. Ooh. Towards them or just towards the ground in general? Towards the ground in general, but nearby. I don't know why, but every time you say their names, I just want to go, Tetsuo Canada! I don't know why either. Please tell me you've seen Akira. No. Son. Why, why would you Son. even ask that? <laughs> oh, how am I friends with you? <laughs> I, I question that often. <laughs> uh, I thought you'd have at least seen that. Is it an animation? Yes, but am, it's Am great. I known to be a big watcher of animations? No, but you're known to at least see some classic films every now and again. And I would have thought that would have been one of the classics you would have seen. I've not even seen all the Toy Stories. I mean, they're shit, though. Whoa, people are not going to be happy with that comment. I mean, one and two, one is great, two is... Isn't it the highest, or okay. it was, the highest rated trilogy in movie history? I mean, three is shit, and I've not seen four. This is like when you insulted Harry Potter. Not really insulting Harry Potter, though, I'm, I'm telling the truth. He's a whiny little turd. But no, Voldemort's in all serious... a whiny little turd. In <gasps> all... Harry! I want the power, no one fears me enough. Harry! I'm so needy! Harry! Voldemort won't talk to me! Voldemort. <laughs> Fucking Dumbledore. So Dumbledore won't talk to him, so he goes and cries like a little bitch. Um, anyway, yeah, Toy Story, overrated. Anyway, where were we? The craft was descending towards the ground. Yes, it was. <laughs> Are you in a panto, or are you just slapping your five for fun? Just slapping it for fun. The ground rattles every time you do that. Does it really? No. <laughs> <laughs> How big was the craft that was descending down to them? I mean, would it have been small enough for them to think that it was like a fairy or a firefly? Um, or... Bigger than a firefly. I do get into this in a little bit. Okay. I shall wait. The descending orange UFO continued to descend. As it did, the boys could hear a peculiar ticking or cracking, almost like a Geiger counter. The UFO soon appeared to land amongst a vineyard behind the housing estate. Now remember, these are seven-year-old boys. Brave and curious, honourable boys. What do you think they did? I've got a question first. Question. Is it a vineyard or a vineyard? However you prefer, sir. Well, they're two different things. <laughs> Whatever you prefer. It's irrelevant. Okay. Seven years old. You see something that could possibly be a fairy descend. You're going to go check it out. Mm -hmm. Have a wine so, while you're there. So it's a vineyard. In the vineyard. You're a prick sometimes. So they grab a glass of... Uh, Chardonnay. Sh I was going to say Pinot Noir. Or Pinot. 
and they grab a pino. Yep. They go and have a look for the little fairy. Okay. Okay. Well. And what do they discover? And it's not a vineyard. <laughs> it was grape juice all along, not the alcoholic kind, and it was a little firefly. Well, it was then that Masato and Katsuhiro removed their roller skates. The boys then ran into the vineyard to take a closer look at what they'd seen in the vineyard. Barefoot. Mental. No time to tell mummy and daddy. These boys knew that every second was vital and were right in there immediately. The boys could see the outline of the craft within the plantation of grapevines and as they neared it, the boys realised that the craft was not orange but a domed, silvery disc of about seven foot in height and more than double that in diameter. It had been a delicate landing it would appear for the craft was perched upon three landing legs of a ball-like shape, not unlike those little rubber or plastic feet you get on the bottom <laughs> of table legs or furniture. As the boys approached the craft closer and closer, they could make out strange symbols or characters embossed upon the metallic surface. Suddenly, there was a creak. Door opening. Out steps. Always watching, Wachowski. Always watching. Monsters Inc. University was shit as well. While we're on the topic of uh, we weren't on topic. terrible Pixar films. <laughs> so it wasn't really orange. It was kind of the, you know, the effect of when something enters the atmosphere and yeah. it seizes yeah, orange. So it could have just been that. So it could have been heat. Good call. That they originally saw. Independence Day on a tiny scale. Mega tiny scale. So a door opens and we're going to have Tinkerbell come out of here. And she's going to be like, The earth is mine, motherfuckers! (laughs) (laughs) Then she realises the seven-year-olds are fucking giants compared to her. And she tries to attack them and it just feels like a little flick to them. What version of Peter Pan did you watch? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the proper one. Tinkerbell came out of a spaceship to take over the planet. What's up, yo? <laughs> I'm a well, your ass. We never heard Tinkerbell's origins, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kick you in the balls, Peter. Maybe Peter originally uh, promised her that he'd take over the world with her. And because Neverland is so big, she thinks that's the world. And then she went rogue <laughs> and built a spaceship. This is before she met Peter. Maybe one of these boys is Peter. (laughs) I have no idea where I'm going with this. On the side of the craft, a hatch... was a hook. (laughs) A hatch begun to open. Masato and Katsuhiro were filled with dread. I am the law! (laughs) As the hatch opened... A ladder appeared to automatically extend from the hatch down the craft. The boys watched in stunned silence as a peculiar humanoid creature climbed out of the craft and made its way down the ladder. The boys were close enough that they could also make out a second, smaller creature inside the dome who appeared to be staying put, likely to manage the controls. 
The creature, now in the open air, had long arms like an orangutan, was about four feet tall like an orangutan, and was wearing a reflective silver suit like an orangutan. All I pictured was an orangutan in a silver suit dancing. I have no idea where the dance came from. Disco suit. Now I know where the dance came from. <laughs> Disco bitch. So how tall was the craft in comparison to the children? Well, it was about seven foot. Oh, okay. They were child sized. They were seven years old though. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned how big the small craft was. Didn't I? I thought I said it was about seven foot. I think you meant. And they were about four feet. The craft was. Shut up! (laughs) 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 So, did they by happenstance just land in the vineyard where they'd be um, disguised? Or. Maybe, yeah. Were they after some wine? Maybe after they were. some grapes? They were after some wine and some swinging in the vines. I mean, it's nice to know that a good old ladder is um, still useful. Well, how else are you going to get down? I mean, I'm surprised they didn't just float. Well, they aren't magic. Although, if you're four, four foot and you're stepping out of something that's seven foot tall, you'd be a bit... Wouldn't you just step? Well, not if it's off the floor. On legs. So how tall is the craft on its legs? A couple more feet, probably. Give or take. Okay, I'll let you off. <laughs> I Be- think Better safe than sorry. Safety first. I think I'd jump out and roll. Well, that's why you haven't or been I'd, chosen for the space program. Or I'd do a superhero landing. <laughs> Specifically, Black Widows from the Black Widow film, where she flicks her hair afterwards... So you go like, boom. You land, flick your hair, <laughs> look up, and you see two giant seven-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> you barely come up to their ankles. <laughs> Would you still try and fight them? Well, I'm a lover, not a fighter, so no. The creature appeared to have something that looked like a rifle Bitch. slung <laughs> over its left shoulder. The skin on the creatures, the boys would say was dark brown and covered in wrinkles, so dense that it was difficult to make out any actual features. Quick question. Yes? Was this thing fat? Not hugely. So this could be a young Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you have that. It could be, yeah. So, couldn't make out any actual features. That is, except for one. Protruding from the head of the wrinkly space orangutan, were three two-inch-long fangs. These fangs looked to be made of metal. Techno orangutan Dracula. Just quickly, you may remember that the Pascagoula abduction of Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker consisted of a creature covered in wrinkles with long arms. Anyway... The fanged space orangutan ball bag Dracula <laughs> begun exploring its surroundings, oblivious to the two children stood frozen, watching it move around. So, it's pretty shit at uh, um, 
exploring its surroundings if it didn't notice that there was two aliens to it. If you're landing on another planet, do you still consider that planet's residents aliens? Yes. Interesting. So you're... I'd consider them Earthlings if I was landing on something called the Earth. Moonlings? Marslings? Aliens. I'm not going for Martians. Aliens. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> maybe um, maybe its eyes worked like motion sensors, like a ring doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> Can only see something when it's moved, otherwise it has no activation going on. It's blind. Just feels its way around. Although if its hand crosses its eyes, it can see. So we have a techno orangutan Dracula Ball with metal yeah. fangs. Yeah. Do you reckon they saw the Delhi Demon? Oh. Hmm. No. <laughs> Me neither. Because <laughs> the Delhi Demon. There's a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> or is he? A randy little. Go back and listen. Do we find out what the fangs are used for? Mm, we'll we'll get on to a bit more description in a little bit. Like, is it a defensive thing? Is it a scare tactic? Is it used to consume it could food? Both, couldn't it? What do you think they're used for? Piercing the souls of little seven-year-old boys and sucking them dry because they're vampires. It's not the worst place you could have gone. As the boys watched on, motionless, suddenly... The creature turned towards them and placed its clawed, four-fingered hand on Katsuhiro's shoulder, patting the shoulder twice as it appeared to mutter some sound that the boys described as like a tape recorder running backwards. Katsuhiro collapsed to the floor, completely paralysed. Judo chop! Or, if you've seen Kung Pao, have a paralyzer! Have another paralyzer! We once spent all day literally watching that film over and over. It's brilliant. Swinging the chain, swinging the chain. Oh, chosen! Wee wee! You're close already! I'm just gonna think of fucking Kung Pao razors now. Yeah, back on topic, back on topic. Kid paralysed. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. With Katsuhiro on the ground, it was time for fight, flight or freeze. Masato sprung into action and lifted Katsuhiro onto his shoulders in a fireman carry and absolutely legged it away from the space of Rangitang Judo Chop Vampire Ball Bag. Masato kept on running and never looked back. Masato, it turns out, did indeed make it home as they only lived minutes away. The boys were obviously hysterical on their arrival home, with Katsuhiro now back mobilising, and the boys told their mums what had happened. The mums squatted up, mum squad, and had the boys lead them back towards where the alien had been. When they got to the vineyard, what do you think was left? Everything. They beat the they... shit out of those fucking <laughs> orangutan, techno ball bag vampire aliens. They were waiting for them, like, come on, gang. And the broomsticks. The mums swung those handbags. Slippers. <laughs> mum squad, bitch. You ever fucked with a mum? They would fuck your ass up. Have you ever fucked with a mum? <laughs>
continue. I've just got a little bit of artwork before we find out. Here is an illustration of the craft as detailed by both of the boys and an artist rendition of the face of the orangutan vampire judo space bat mummy with the Pascagoula... Pascagoula? Pascagolia? Golia. My mouth is gone. Alien alongside for reference. <laughs> ah. You see so, what, I'm, what I'm getting at? Yep. I take it the... So I have four pictures in front of me. Yeah. And I am taking it that the... When did this take place? 75, wasn't it? Ooh. Back in 75. So I have a picture of a spaceship. February the 23rd, if you really want to know. Your typical... I want to say light bulb, but light... Saucer. Light typical shade. Saucer, isn't it? Style saucer with... Looks like three light bulbs at the bottom of it. Are these... Both pictures by both the children. Yeah, one each. Okay, they've drawn the same thing. And one can clearly write, the other one can squiggle. But their pictures look exactly the same. And... You'll notice that the handwriting is neater on one. What I can also see is one was very, very descriptive in his artwork... And he was spot on. <laughs> this is like me and you did these. <laughs> because... <laughs> one of them's almost written more than he's drawn. The one that has written less, his is more accurate. The arms are long, like an orangutan. He's got like a... You can see the silver in the suit. Mm -hmm. And he's got some weird space shoes on too. Mm. And then underneath there are two pictures. One, I take it, is the Pascagoula. The one that doesn't say fanged yeah, so humanoid. One is the robot from the Pascagoula incident, and the other one is the fanged humanoid drawn by somebody else. That looks like a mummified version of Baraka from Mortal Kombat. Good call, it Hence does, isn't why it? Yeah. when it was. Maybe Baraka was based on this. Maybe this was based on Baraka. <laughs> Ed Boone, time-travelling twat. We're on to you, Booney. Changing fucking character Ooh. moves so I can fucking own them. Change my best character. <laughs> Not that you're bitter. Do you remember that, uh, the, the um, time I played you on Mortal Kombat? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, your, one of your favourite games that you played all the time. It was my first go. You picked your best character. I did what any good friend would do and fucking went easy on you. And got nailed. <laughs> <laughs> I used, I believe, three moves in the whole fight and the jump button. Fly kick, sweep, punch. Mixed up in random orders. Moonwalker was confused. I will never make that mistake again. You tell me you've never played a game before, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to treat you like you're Kenny. And then uh, after the match, I retired and refused to play it again. I am unbeaten in Mortal Kombat. 100% record. Played one, won one. <laughs> You're a little bitch. <laughs> when Masato, Katsuhiro, and their mums got to the vineyard, the mums were Is left. A vineyard or a vineyard? The boys and their mummers got to the yard of vines with no grapes and no wine, but also alcohol. And the mums were left in absolute shock. In the vineyard. <laughs> 
was an orange pulsating light. It was still there! Oh, so it was orange now. Light. There was an orange light, not the craft. But you said it was still there. You can get into that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) The boys begged their mums to go and investigate it more closely, but the mums refused, awestruck. For five minutes, they just stood there looking on. Then, suddenly... The craft launched straight upwards with a brilliant burst of light, forcing the witnesses to look away. That's the main part of the case. So I assume at this point that you are fully on board, Mr. Moonwalker? Yes. What? I love the fact that you look so shocked by my answer. I just fell (laughs) off my chair and passed out. I mean, these were seven-year-old skaters. They were? They roller skate. And their mamas. Therefore... I believe them. And you believe the mums? Yep. Both of them? All the mums. So you mentioned the orange light. I did indeed. Maybe it was a like landing gear light that comes on as they land and as they launch? <laughs> <coughs> what? I was trying to think of something in my head and it just didn't come to me. <laughs> just stared at me lost. lost. <laughs> Where am I? Um, I don't think it's that. But maybe it's, I wouldn't say like a cloaking device, but it's something that surrounds the ship when it flies. Like a field, force field kind of thing, yeah. Protects it from space debris and whatnot. Maybe it was that. And wine. And broomsticks. And And slippers. Bed knobs. (laughs) As we near our conclusion, that came out really squeaky, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) As we near our conclusion... I'd just like to add that whilst only Masato and Katsuhiro saw the alien, an eight-year-old named Ichiro Mingishi, who was coincidentally in the same school class as Masato and Katsuhiro, also reported seeing an orange flying object towards the Hinode housing estate whilst he was in a car with his parents near the Kofu bypass. This sighting was 30 minutes before the events we've just covered. The next day, back in the Yamashiro Elementary School, as you can imagine, the whole school, including the teachers, were captivated by the tale being told by Masato and Katsuhiro. The educational authorities took this seriously and decided to investigate the events themselves. Themselves? Themselves. So they didn't get the government or the police or anyone else involved, they were like, let's go have a look for ourselves, shall we? They didn't trust them fools. They took this shit into their own hands. I think they just wanted an excuse to get onto the vineyard, didn't they? (laughs) The teachers had a really hard couple of weeks and uh, (laughs) were looking for a reason to get out. They were like, this is a perfect excuse to uh, bugger off to the vineyard. We can take the kids, we can have a good time. They're sat there directing the excavations and stuff, just getting smashed off their face. Letting them look yeah, around. Cause we'll, here, right, you'll keep digging, yeah. yeah like, we'll just let the kids look around, see if they can see anything. And uh, so how old is this wine? <laughs> <laughs> and then they just get drunk. Of the Because that's how teaching works. What if I was a teacher? <laughs> P.S. Don't let me be a teacher. Let, let's sign up to be teachers. Yeah. School officials did indeed arrive at the vineyard, armed with any gear they could get their hands upon. At the landing site, 
they would discover... <laughs> Hold on, sorry. So the school officials turned up yeah. armed with rulers, protractors. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Chalk, chalkboard, not chalkboards, but the rubber duster. Nail on head. Ready to yeah. like just launch. Yeah, it's a live <laughs> investigation. So at the landing site, they would discover that two solid concrete posts had been pushed over. Aliens. Just to clarify, the school did check and apparently it would not have been possible for the two boys to cause this vandalism themselves. These were big, strong posts deep in the ground. What if these were big, strong seven-year-old boys? They weren't. They were skinny skaters. What if they used math? They did a few calculations and the post just fell over. <laughs> they were like, if we pull here and push here and move this bit here, then just adding enough force here... Is that math or physics informed by math? It, wouldn't it be both? Possibly, yeah. But wouldn't the first bit of it be math? No. Or would the first part be physics? Probably be knowing the law of physics, I guess. Further landing did traces... You use math to guess? <laughs> I'm going to use math to shut you up in a minute. I'd pull out a calculator and show you boobies. <laughs> You're like, boobies. Further landing traces were discovered, including a ring pattern in the soil. A teacher who went along claimed to have discovered radioactivity within this circular patch. The boys would be questioned, not just by their parents, but the school teachers, the schoolmaster, Nobiyoshi Kaneko, and noted UFO investigator Masaru Mori. The boys' stories remained consistent throughout. And now... <laughs> <laughs> I think I see where you're going here. What the fuck? You had a Geiger meter. <laughs> primary school, where are you getting that kind of shit from? Uh, did, did he just put... Did he get a bunch of, like, Legos out? And was like, if I stick the Legos in the ground... And build a tower and they fall over as radioactive soil. He had an app on his 1970s mobile phone. (laughs) He had one of those old school Tupac style ones that's the length of his old body. (laughs) A few clicks. Did did he like... He used math. Did he he press his hand in the soil and like it was a little bit tougher to press down. So he was like, must be radioactive. He did a few calculations and worked it out. (laughs) It came up boobies. So it was like radioactive. (laughs) Ah, I was really on board. These are school teachers. You can't question it. They know know their stuff. Since the adults have got involved, I'm less on board. (laughs) Fucking adults. Always ruining shit. What else could explain this? Well. Bullshit. The Civil Aviation Bureau of Transportation Ministry felt it necessary to come out with an alternative explanation and claimed that the sighting was merely the lights of a YS-2 propeller plane flying at around 1,000 metres altitude. There was no comment on the space orangutan ball bag bat judo Dracula, though. (laughs) Nice picture of the uh, space orangutan ball bag bat judo Dracula, though. (laughs) Thank you. Which looks nothing like... A space orangutan ball bag bat judo Dracula. Look, you. One hand's way This is than my probe. His <laughs> left hand is. I'll huge. call these people what I like, <laughs> when I like. And you will listen and enjoy it. He's got no eyes. 
Does well, he maybe his eyes them? are really low. That's or, or that thing that he's got in his other hand is that his walking stick. Is he blind? Does he have like one of those blind sticks? I don't even. What are they called? I've ah. Uh, I've ordered one for someone before, but I can't remember. <laughs> I ordered one for myself because I thought I'd just walk around. Future proof and, and son. What happened? My vision is nowhere near as good as yours. <laughs> Got to prepare for the worst so I can still hit you. <laughs> Behave! Walk out, motherfucker. <laughs> I thought it was a sword at first glance, but it could be. I don't really know. I just stuck that in there for funsies, really. And what's. <laughs> Why does his spaceship have a stick? <laughs> <laughs> it knocks down one of those big poles. Posts. It's like the spaceship's ready for a fight. I, ca I can't think of what else that could be. It's one of the posts that were knocked down. Bullshit. It's the vineyard, vineyard. That That's like holding up forest. the vines. <laughs> it's the same colour as the ship. <laughs> it's just reflecting its light. Yeah, whatever. This ship's got a judo stick. <laughs> it's an angry ship. Kendo stick is what I meant to call it. Just remember, this photo is just something I found on the internet. It's not part of the story. Oh, it's, it's part just of the probe. depiction. Nope, it's part of the probe. As we summarise, I'd just like to thank crypto historian Rob Morphy for most of the images I've shown Moonwalker today. As we've said many times, we use many, many sources for each episode. Hundreds of websites, books, documentaries and the like, so it's an absolute pleasure when one article contains all the images you're looking for together. It makes life so much easier. Rob also writes a very good summary of these events, which makes me wish that I'd stumbled across his Cryptopia article before I was six hours into the research. Anyway, we've covered the early evening of February 23rd, 1975, whereby two seven-year-old schoolboys by the names of Masato, Kawano, and Katsuhiro Yamahata were roller skating near the Hinode housing estate in Kamimachi Kofu. Well played. The school children saw two orange crafts in the sky. One dashed towards Mount Otago, but one descended into a nearby vineyard. Would you also believe that I teach Otago? That's a mountain. I teach it. You teach a mountain? Yes. How does it learn? Does it, like, grow? Math. Show a mountain some math. Excellent. The boys investigated and were greeted by a silvery dish with a dome before a hatch opened and out popped a four-foot creature in a silver suit with brown skin, long arms and free fangs. The creature ignored the boys for a little while before tapping Katsuhiro on the shoulder, judo chopping him into paralysis, <laughs> paralysis as it spoke backwards tongue. Chop judo! <laughs> Honorable Masato sprung into action, picked up Katsuhiro and carried him to his mum in the nearby estate. The boys told their mums what happened and so the mums went back with the boys to investigate. To their shock, the craft was still there and they witnessed it take off. The next day, the school as well as a notable UFO investigator would investigate and question the boys. Another witness was found as was evidence of a landing at the site. The Civil Aviation Bureau of Transportation Ministry said that it was a plane. Any final thoughts on this astonishing tale of bravery and courage? 
It truly was an astonishing tale. Until... Until the adults got involved. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was all on board. I was like, okay, kids, they might have seen this. It's very unlike seven-year-olds to randomly just make up this kind of stuff. Then we had the other thing about the other seven-year-old friend of theirs seeing it. And I was like, maybe. Just maybe the orangutan <laughs> silver suit is judo. Dracula ball Dracula bag. Dracula ball bag was a thing. But then the adults get involved and... Mess it all up. Once the mums get involved, we have no descriptions from the mothers other than they saw an orange light. The creatures were gone by the time they got there. They didn't try to fuck it up. They shit their pants. They didn't try and take any pictures. They didn't try any of this shit. They didn't want to take nothing. They didn't... There was no kind of... I wouldn't say evidence, but there was no talk about whether it emitted any heat, if it was cold... They didn't try and throw a slipper at it. Well, there was talk about radiation. That wasn't from them. That was from a stupid teacher <laughs> that tried to use a weird form of math. And I'm getting a weird taste of deja vu right now, in all seriousness. But adults' math doesn't add up. <laughs> all bullshit. Uh, one thing that occurred to me... Probe out. The Civil Aviation Bureau of Transportation Ministry... It's too many words, isn't it? Surely Huge it should be name. the Aviation Bureau of Transportation or the Civil Aviation Bureau. Like, aviation is a form of transportation. Bureau, ministry, it's just too much of the same thing. Mm. So the Civil Aviation Bureau of Transportation Ministry for the people of the sky travel civilization. Ministry. But are you saying... No. You're not? No. That it was not aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I am not putting my ball bags on the line to say that this was aliens, unfortunately. Too many adults came in and didn't give enough facts in their yeah, cases. Yeah. The school teachers ruined it by claiming that they took everything they can and all they really would have had was rulers, pencils, paper, clipboards, chalk. Geiger counter. Where they got Mobiles. that from. Dragons. What if he was a... Uh, I mean, I suppose if he was a kind of weekend ufologist, had his own Geiger counter, which is probably a cheap one he got. Maybe from, he did. Maybe he framed it all. From one of those magazines where they say, pay £99. He wanted to show his wife, pound. who was pissed off at him for getting it and spending all that money, that it was <laughs> worth it. And so he framed the whole thing I was gonna say, to convince his wife that it was a good purchase. Or husband. Indeed. You know those kind of comic books where they go, First episode is like 99p. Second episode like, is 500 pounds. Yeah. yeah. So he fell into that trap and has all the gear with no idea. And he wanted to prove to her that it was worth something. And that it was useful. And that's why he went out there. And nope, it is not aliens. Yeah, this one. It's one of those ones where it definitely happened in terms of the school investigating and whatnot. But being that it involved school children and took place before mobile telephones and therefore thousands of cameras were around, it's hard to gather evidence. That does work both ways, though. It's just as easy to say that it did happen as that it didn't. We really can't prove either way. So ultimately, it comes down to whether you trust seven-year-old children telling you that they've seen an alien. An alien? <laughs> an Alan? Have they seen an Alan? Whether you trust those children and the teachers and whatnot. Japan 
must be a very honourable and trustworthy place because so many people believe this. You know me though. I'm a sceptical bastard when it comes to children and for this one I just need a little bit more milk on my frosties too. The cartons run out. I can't trust a seven-year-old without that milk because I know when I was seven, I was telling people that I had a real alive pet Boglin and that I defeated Dracula in a battle with a water pistol. Why didn't my school investigate that? Hmm? Anything to add before we close? I mean, the ship had a fucking kendo stick. He's <laughs> <laughs> a wrestling fan. Why, why would the stick need a kendo stick need a kendo stick? Ship need a kendo stick. <laughs> Your mouth's gone as well. <laughs> Maybe it didn't have lasers and that's how it fought. But Spaceship <laughs> Space battle is like a <laughs> kendo stick fight in the sky. Spins around. Judo chop! No, nothing to add. Then that's a wrap for today. Thank you for listening to But It Was Aliens! Ah! If you want to represent the world's favourite and only extraterrestrial comedy podcast, you can head on over to butitwasaliens.co.uk and check out the store where you can find our official merch. We're talking t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, all that kind of thing. Press us against your lips. Meanwhile, if you want to hear more podcasting from us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens where each month we release an exclusive side probe a podcast where we delve into more widely paranormal events and decide whether they really did involve the paranormal we'll have a new episode for you next week but until next time if water is truly clear why do things get darker when they're wet the truth is up there hash tag Arigato. Sayonara. I'm not with you. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Mr. Finnegan. Hey, Mr. Finnegan. He grew flat and then grew Finnegan. Poor everyone.